Okay. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, welcome to Central. Just like Noah said, my name is Clayton, and I'm glad you guys are here um, today. If you're a guest with us, I'm especially excited that you're here to, to worship with us. Thank you for being a part of what's going on here at this church. Thank you for everyone that's watching on, online today. And uh, if you haven't yet uh, taken had the chance to get the, the app that we have for our church, you could also be able to scan the QR code right there to be able to have the, the notes. The notes are on the app, but you can do it this way as well. If you'd like to follow along um, with the, the message today, uh, we are we we're all talking about choices over the next couple weeks. We started it last week talking about choices um, but honestly, today is, is a big choice because it's Super Bowl Sunday, and we got to decide who are we going to vote, who are we going to vote for, who are we going to root for. Anybody rooting for Kansas City? Anybody? Okay. Any Eagle fans in here? Woo, <laughs> man, it's a little rough today. Uh, well, well, honestly, you know, you got two, two uh, Christian uh, quarterbacks, so it's like, who do you pray for, you know? Do you, you know, you're praying for one to have victory, one to have a terrible time or what. Honestly, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for the, the commercials. You know, I want there to be some really good commercials. And actually, there's some, there's some Christian commercials this year. I don't know if you knew this, but there's some, there's a campaign that's been going around and they've raised the money to be able to have a couple of Super Bowl ads. So be looking out um, for that. It's going to be very interesting to see how people around our country um, take that. Honestly, it's going to be a chance for millions of people to maybe hear about Jesus for the very first time. And so I'm excited about, about the Super Bowl and everything that's going to be happening this, this evening. Uh, but we have been talking about choices as, as a church in the book of Philippians. So if you have your Bibles, man, open up to uh, the book of Philippians. That's where we're going to be today. Last week, we talked about, out of Philippians chapter 2, how you and I have to make the choice of what is our focus going to be. What are we going to focus on? And we talked about as a church and even as individuals, we need to be focused on the rocks, the big things of the faith, not focused on the pebbles and the sand, the small practices, and maybe some differences in things we believe compared to other Christians. We need to be focused on the rocks. We also need to be holding our, our side of the net, understanding that there are people all around in our community, different churches that have uh, maybe some different perspectives, but we're all in this together, and we need to have Jesus's level of humility in the middle um, of all of this. This is what we're going to be talking about, and today we're going to continue talking about, about choices. And honestly, sometimes choices are, are neutral. For example, if you're going to go get something to eat, and you're thinking about, okay, I'm going to have McDonald's or Taco Bell. It doesn't really matter. The results are going to be the same, aren't they? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. It just depends on your stomach. Like, well, maybe some different results, but but really, you're going to get fed either way. It's not that big of a deal. But sometimes there's life-altering decisions and choices uh, that people make. I think about people that get on a trampoline, and they, they decide, you know what, I want to jump over the fence on the trampoline. Anybody ever done that? And they just kind of land, you land in the middle, you know? I watch these videos online, and it's those that you don't want to watch, be like, I can't stop watching it because I want to see what happens to these people. Or the person that's on the roof, and they're going to jump into the pool, and they just land a little short. You ever seen those? Or the, the most famous ones are the, the skateboarders that go off the rail and, and they're going down the rail and it goes bad and they just take one for the team, you know, 
between the legs, and you're like, life's never going to be the same for these guys, you know? And, and these are life-altering decisions. And the reason these people do this is because they're confident, aren't they? They go into that situation. They're like, hey, roll the footage. Here we go. Like, get it going. I'm, I'm about to do this. I'm going to be famous online because I'm going to, I'm going to accomplish this great feat, and I'm, I'm confident in that. Well, back in Paul's day, there was a church in Philippi. And he writes this letter to them, and they were in the same boat. They, they had some confidence in who they were and their practices. And Paul is going to, to warn them today to be careful. Don't be overconfident in your way of thinking. And so he's going to teach them something today, and he's going to teach us something as well. So Philippians chapter 3, open your Bibles to that. That's where we're going to be today. So Philippians chapter 3. We'll start in, in verse 2. Here's what the Bible says. He says, watch out. Watch out for those dogs. He's actually calling Jewish people dogs. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. So there's an extra, an extra layer of something to, to be saved. And we're not going to talk about, about circumcision today, but here's the scenario that, that Paul is, is getting into. He's saying, hey, there's... There's a, there's a group of believers, a group of people that have come in behind me, and they have, they have, they have added on to the gospel. And they said, hey, I thank you guys for, for inviting us to church today. There's great stuff that you guys are doing, but did you know that you're missing something? You may not realize that you're missing something, and actually, it's actually probably keeping all of you from actually being saved. Did you know that there's something that's, that's, that's missing in your, your beliefs? And that church would say, no, like, all it is is we need to have faith in Jesus. That's the, that's the simple gospel. And they say, no, no, there, there's some rules you need to follow. I mean, you have to follow these Old Testament laws. Did you not know that? I mean, Jesus was a Jewish carpenter. We gotta, you got to follow the Jewish laws. This is, this is what it's all about. You have to celebrate these, these Jewish festivals. You better be doing those. There's, there's these things that are kosher, and you need to make sure that you're eating only kosher food. These are the rules that you must follow. And Paul is saying, now wait a minute, wait a minute. In fact, he says it over and over again in his writings. Look what he says in Romans chapter 10. He says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. What he's saying is, is that if you think the law is going to make you right with God, if you're living for that, he's saying Christ has put an end to that. What he's saying is that the Old Covenant, so if you have your Bibles, this, the, the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, he's saying it is, it is done. It is over. Christians are no longer bound by the laws of the, of the Old Testament. Now, that's a great message for today. And honestly, Paul could have just you know, closed his Bible and said, let's pray, and we're going to be done for today. Some of you guys would like that if I did that right now. But we're not going to do that. Paul, Paul doesn't finish there. He's He's like that friend that never ends the conversation. You know who that, that person is? You're on the phone with them, and you, you try to say those phrases to, to be done. You're like, hey, well, it's been, man, it's been great talking to you, and, you know, uh, we'll get back together. And they never end. They just keep going and on, going on. You can never get off the phone with them. That's Paul, okay? Paul is like that. In fact, he's going to say this in the very next verse in Philippians chapter 3. Here's what he says. He says, for we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised, like it's us. 
We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort like these other people do. Though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, man, I have even more. Several years ago, I went to New York City, and we were walking uh, through the streets, and I was a young guy, and, and there, the, these guys were there that were selling stuff on, on the side of the streets, and they had those coats on, and they kind of cornered me and my buddies, and uh, they opened up their, their jacket, and they got, they got these Oakleys just all lined up in, inside. They're like, hey, guys, come here, come here. I got a great deal for you. And we're like, yeah, no, 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 no. You know, just trying to keep walking on. And they, they, the guy wouldn't leave us alone. He kept following us and saying, no, come on, just, just try one on. And as soon as you try on a pair, you're done. You know, I just want to let you know they're not going to leave you alone. And we tried on these Oakleys and, man, I got a great deal for you. 20 bucks, that's it, just 20 bucks. These are $200 glasses. I got them for you for 20. Do you know that I'm actually losing money on this deal? Like, this is a great deal. You better hurry, you know? And so we're thinking, okay, fine. So we, we, took, we took those 20, those Oakleys, those $20 Oakleys, and we, we put them on, and we walked around the rest of the day thinking, man, we had made the deal of a lifetime. And it wasn't a couple hours later that that O on the front just kind of fell off, you know? And the, the rubber on the, on the ears just kind of disintegrated, and the lens ended up popping, popping off by the end of the day. And we realized that, they're fake, right? They're just, they're knockoffs. And what Paul is saying is that a real disciple relies on Jesus, not on religion. That's what he's saying. Now, it doesn't mean that the Old Testament is irrelevant, and it doesn't mean that we need to tear that out of our Bible. What, what, what Paul is saying is that, you know what? Jesus has actually given us a new law. We call it the the law of Christ. And when you actually follow that law and you obey it, then you're actually following the spiritual laws of the Old Testament, like the Ten Commandments. We think about this. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 22. He said, here, here it is. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. I'm going to sum up 613 Laws of the Old Testament into just one. And he says, and the second is equally important. So it's not just like one that's underneath it. It's, a, it's one that can be added onto it, next to it. It needs to be a part of the first. He says, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I love this qualifying statement he puts at the end. He says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets, all that Old Testament stuff are based on these two commandments. This is what Paul's saying. He's saying we're not bound by that stuff anymore. What he's saying is he's drawing a line in the sand for this church. He's asking the question, what do you hang your hat on? Is it on Jesus at the end of the day? Are you, you hanging your hat on Jesus? Or are you hanging your hat on your obedience and you obeying the Bible? And the truth this morning is that if your answer, your answer may be both, honestly. Maybe like, you know what, I, I, I do believe in faith in Jesus, but I got these other things I need to make sure I do because it kind of makes me right with God. I, I've been taught that. This is, what I, this is what I believe. Let me say this. Obeying the Bible is, it's impossibly difficult. I mean, raise your hand if you followed all of the laws and never messed up. Nope. Okay. No, none of us, you know. None of us can say that. It's impossibly difficult to follow all of the laws. And if 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 your source of righteousness is in the law, 
it's all or nothing. It's an all or nothing deal. It's a, it's a package deal. Look what, look what James has to say about it. James says, for the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of them. It's an all or nothing deal. Either all of the law applies to you. If you're saying, you know what, I'm going to find my righteousness in doing good things, then all of the law applies to you. You can't cherry pick it. You can't say, I'm going to follow a couple of these things and some of these that are kind of weird, like I don't know about all that. I'm just going to ignore those. No, you got to follow all of it. If your righteousness is in that, if, you're, if your right standing with God is based on, on following the law, then you got to take all of it together. All of it applies. This is what Paul was teaching. This is what he was saying. So the choice must be made this morning. This is the choice we must make. To choose the law or to choose Jesus. Simple as that. It's a simple message today. Let's say you don't know Paul. Thinking, who is this guy? I don't know Paul. Who does he think he is? He can come in here and and tell us what to do. Because I got my own way of doing things. How can he be trusted? How do we know that what he's saying is actually truth? Well, we trust what's credible, don't we? We trust someone based on their credibility. I mean, think about this. No one trusts a broke financial advisor. Do you? You don't. No one trusts an obese personal trainer, do they? You know? Sorry. Like, I'm not, I'm not following that guy. I'm not following that person because they have no credibility in what they're saying. And so here's what, here's what Paul is, is going to do. He's saying, you can trust me. You can trust me. You know what? I got some credibility. I know what I'm talking about. And this is what he, exactly what he says in the next two verses, verses five and six. Look what he says. Look, man, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. And I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. What Paul is saying is that I've been there. I've played the part. I've, I've, honestly, I've, I've based my life on it. When I was little, I used to uh, have trophies from playing sports, and I would put them in a prominent place in my room. We had a shelf, and I would put them up on, those, on, the, on that shelf. I didn't hide them in the closet. I didn't box them up and, and put them away in the, in the attic. No, I put those for people to see. The trophies on my wall defined who I was. It was the thing that I wanted people to see. And what Paul has done here is he said, hey, guys, welcome to my house. Let's go to my, my trophy room. Let me show you my trophy room. Look at all of my, my Jewish trophies, all the things that I've done, all the ways that I have, I've obeyed the law. I have some credibility here. I know what I'm talking about because of all these trophies that are easy to see. Now, some people back then, they may have actually applauded Paul for that. They hear his words, and they're like, man, I want to be like, I want to be like him. That, those are awesome accomplishments that, that Paul actually, actually has. And the reality is, is that you may applaud the, the good Christian, that, that model Christian that is around today. You know what I'm talking about, those people that they got the fish symbol on the car, they got the Hebrew tattoo on the shoulder. They, they don't know what it means, but they got it, you know. They went for it, and they wear a suit and tie to church, and you go to their house, and as soon as you open the door, you're going to see that scripture on some wooden plaque that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? You, you see that. And that person, they, they know so much scripture. And you go, man, I'm never going to be as good as that person is. And if the doors are ever open to the church, 
they're there, aren't they? They're always there. And you know they're a real, like, hero of the faith when they always, they always give to that Caleb pledge drive. They don't change the channel like everybody else does, you know? I mean, they're it. They're, the, they're faithful. They serve. They don't, they don't drink. They don't cuss. They only listen to, to Christian music. They're, they're the missionaries. They, you just, you applaud. Man, you guys are incredible. They're, they're the pastors that you applaud. And you say, man, they are they're like heroes. They're never, I'm never going to live up to what they are doing. But look what Paul says about that. Here's what he says. Here's what he says next, the very next verse. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become, become one with him. Man, what Paul just said there is that I've taken those trophies, and I've taken them to the bonfire, and I'm burning them. He said, I don't want these anymore. This is not what is going to find me. So don't take them out of the fire. Just, just let them burn. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying those things were worthless. And he goes on and says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I became righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with him depends on faith. He says, man, I don't no longer think those things are what defines me and makes me right with God. And God is asking you a question today. The question is, what will you choose? Will you choose religion? Or will you choose a relationship? We talk about that. You've probably heard that before. Let me kind of make it a little more simple for you today here on the screen. That religion is saying, I have to. I have to do this. I have to go to church. I have to give. I have to read my Bible. I have to share my faith. I have to do those things because I'm supposed to. That's what the Bible says I have to do. You know what that's called? It's called religion. But a relationship with Jesus is different. It's saying I want to. So as your relationship with Jesus grows and gets deeper, then you're actually going to want to do those things. You're actually going to want to come to church. You're actually going to want to share your faith, not out of a sense of I have to, but, but, uh, but I want to. And so what religion looks like today is morality, you know? We got a lot of moral people in here. There's a lot of, more, lot of moral people just are watching online right now. You're doing the right things, and you're not doing the wrong things. And honestly, it's easy to get up here and teach about not doing the wrong things. Don't do this. It's going to hurt you. It's going to be bad for you. There's going to be consequences to that. It's easy. But let me say this. Your good deeds can keep you from God just as much as your bad deeds. That's what Paul is teaching. If you're hoping that your, your goodness is going to get you some type of salvation, you're going to be in, good, in big trouble. Here's what, here's what Paul is actually saying. This is a great thing to think about. Your good is garbage. That's what Paul is saying. Your good, your good deeds, Paul says they're not something to actually put on the wall as trophies. He says they are garbage. And Paul says, I can say that because I had those good deeds. You see, Paul was a good guy before he, he was saved. He wasn't doing bad things. 
He was following that law better than anybody. It wasn't bad things that was keeping him from a relationship with God. It was his good things that was keeping him from a relationship with God. And he had to lose those things. He had to lose his religion in order to find Jesus and be saved. This is what this message is all about. That we have, a, we have communities and churches that are full of good people. And what they've done is they've made religion their God. People that have, that are, that have made their I have to moral practices. I've got to do those things. They've made them ultimate in their lives. And they find their identity in, in keeping those things. And what I call that is checkbox Christianity. You know what checkbox Christianity is? <laughs> the other day we were going through some stuff and I, and I found... Um, we, we found all of these boxes of our, of our little tithe envelopes. Many years ago, a couple de- decades ago, the church ordered, I think, 300 individual boxes, and, the, and Lifeway sent us 30,000 of them, okay? Like, it's crazy. I mean, they're just, there's a whole closet full of these things. So I took one out. We'll never miss it, okay? And, uh, and on, these, on these little tithing envelopes, you ever seen those? This is checkbox Christianity because on these tithing envelopes, it's a place for you to give and d- describe it and put your name and all that kind of stuff. But over in the corner, it has these checkboxes to, to think about, have I been a good Christian this week? Okay? One of them says, were you present? Boop, I'm here. Okay? Did I bring my Bible? Well, it's on my phone, so yeah, sure. Okay. Did I read my Bible daily? Oh, yeah, I did that. My quiet time. Okay. Did I study the lesson? Sure, okay, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to check that off. Did I give? Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now, okay? Did I attend worship service? Yeah, I'm in worship service right now. You, you begin to check these boxes off. We have some people, there are people out there that they look at even things like Sabbath rules. You know, hey, the Sabbath is supposed to be holy. I look at our culture, and they're doing all sorts of other stuff, but I'm going to be a good believer. And so it's a day of rest. I'm not going to do anything. I don't cook. I don't, we don't clean, we don't do laundry, we don't travel. It's a day of rest. I'm never going to do anything else during that day. But, man, I remember a story when Jesus was walking with his disciples, and they were in the grain field. It was on a Sabbath, and they were really, really hungry. And Jesus, they look at Jesus, and Jesus looked at them, and he's like, go for it. It'll be all right, <laughs> you know. He, I mean, he gave, gave them permission to do that. And what he said is that, like, Sabbath is not the king. I mean, the Sabbath is there for, for people. It's not, it's not people for the Sabbath. He said, man, those, those laws are no longer needed anymore. That's, that's checkbox Christianity. And honestly, it's easier to check off the boxes every week than it is to actually follow Jesus. And so we choose the checkbox Christianity a lot of the times. Maybe that's what defines your past. Maybe you've, maybe you've seen this close up, that you grew up and you were, you were taught that you had to. You know? Anybody there? Like, I had to. I had to follow these rules. Now, the rules aren't bad. But what happened is it created fear in you. That if you messed up, then you were lost. That you weren't good enough. You're not worthy enough. And honestly, you felt trapped. Like, you had to do those things. And some of you have a, of a God on the throne of your life. And his name is religion. It's the God of your life. And this is what Paul is warning us about. He said, you got to make a choice. In fact, it's a choice we all got to make. 
And it's this. You have to choose your God carefully. What's going to be your God? Is it going to be religion? Is it going to be Jesus? Is it going to be the law and following the law? Even the good things of the Bible, if they are ultimate in your life, more than a relationship with Jesus, then it is your God. But the law can't be your God. It can't be. Because that's not the purpose of the law. The law was created. You know what the, the Old Testament law is created for? I mean, we, need, we need, still need to look at it. It's still something to, to read and to study and to meditate on. The purpose of the law is to show you that you're a mess. It's to show you that you're not good enough. It's to show you that, that you will always fall short. And it points you to a Savior. The Old Testament is just one big arrow pointing to Jesus. Saying, you can't do it. Look what Galatians chapter 2 says. It's a tough one. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. I don't know how more clear you can get than that. You have, you have a choice. And for some of us, we don't call it religion. We just call it doing good things. Doing the right things. But we made it our identity instead of a relationship with Jesus. And you have a choice, either between religion or a redeemer. And Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He doesn't say that the, the law or the Bible is the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am. A relationship with me is. And only one of those things, either Jesus or the law, can be your hope. Only one of those things, either Jesus or the law, can be your God. I love how Paul ends this argument. It's, it's crazy in Philippians chapter 3. He says this in verse 15. He says this, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things, okay? He just like lays the gauntlet down for this church. If you dis disagree on some point, I believe God is going to make it plain to you. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement right there. He's saying, man, if you actually know the word, it's gonna, this is going to make sense to you. And if you argue about that, I'm praying and I believe God is going to show you what the truth is. And honestly, that's my prayer for us as well. That we'll see that for what it is. If your boast is in your religion, it's going to lead to your death. If your boast is in Jesus, it leads to life. Ephesians chapter 2, famous two verses. Verses 8 and 9 says this, that God saved you by his grace when you believed. Not when you believed and did a bunch of good stuff. Just when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. He doesn't put your good stuff and your bad stuff on a scale and see where you end up. He says, no, that's not how it works. It's all about grace. It's all about believing in Christ so that none of us can boast about it. There's only one key that will get you into heaven. And people are dying every single day. They're making it up to heaven's gate. And they have a, a trophy-shaped key. They're trying to fit in that lock. It's never going to open. But there is a cross-shaped key that Jesus holds. It's got his blood on it. That's the only thing that will get you into heaven. That's it. And trusting in him. And putting your belief in and faith in him. He's calling you to not be religious, 
He's calling you to a relationship. And the most important decision that every single one of us will make is whether we choose Jesus or something else. That's my prayer for us today. Let me pray for you. Lord, I, I thank you for every one of us here this morning. I pray and I thank you for everyone that's online right now. Lord, I know there are some of us in this room who have, we've added on to the gospel. We've made religion and put it on the same pedestal as Jesus, and that's wrong. Scripture is very clear that it is all about having faith in Jesus, and, and, that, and that's it. I pray, God, there be some repentance today if we have put our faith in other things besides Jesus, even the good things, and that we would renew today a relationship with you. Where I know that there's someone in this room I know there are people listening online who have made religion their God. They made their good things ultimate. I pray that today you would convict them to show and teach them, God, that their good is garbage. And in fact, their good is keeping them from you. It's separating them. I pray that today that they would put their faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. And that Jesus, you would save them. Not because of the good things they've done, but because of your grace. And that's it. Change us, God. Help us to have a relationship instead of religion. And thank you for doing all the work on our behalf. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are super glad that you decided to join us today. And if you watch us every week, we're so glad that you join us. And if you're watching right now for the very first time, um, we wanna just say, welcome to the family. We're so glad that you're here. Um, if you're someone who during the message, you thought, you know what? I want to know more about Christ. I wanna give my life to Jesus. And I, I want to know what it means to be forgiven. Uh, we want to connect with you. So if you could text forgiven to 94,000, and that way, one of our ministers can reach out to you and you can begin that conversation of knowing how God can change your life. Um, here at Central, we truly do believe that Jesus changes everything. See you guys later.